All right, let me ask you a question. Are you struggling with scaling your capital raise business? Now, you could be a syndicator or a capital raiser for experienced operators, and maybe you've raised some money before, but you're like, I cannot meet enough investors. How do I meet new investors? How do I 10x my current capital raise business? And if that's you, then this episode is going to be very interesting because on this, I'm going to show you how you can raise millions of dollars seemingly effortlessly in just days. And you might ask, well, how do you do that? And the answer is by building an online thought leadership platform right? This mysterious thing in the sky that all the big boys and big gals appear to be doing. And the thing is, it's actually easier to do than you think. So on this episode, I'm going to break it down. In fact, I'm going to bring on our director of marketing, uh, who's an expert in marketing, and we're going to dissect the platform into its components, the right way to build it. And some ways I've seen it built the wrong way and uh, results in a lot of lost opportunity and, and not being able to raise the capital you want. So if that's interesting to you, then let's get right into it here. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Block. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot to mention, before we get too far into it, to make sure you grab tickets for Dealmaker Live. It's going to be in Dallas, July 16 to 18. It's going to be in Dallas at the Hilton Anatole, where we had it last year. And uh, really exciting. We have a huge lineup of anyone who's anyone in multifamily speaking there. We have Brandon Turner, Bigger Pockets. We have uh, Robert Helms, real estate guys. We've got Joe Farrell going to be there and a whole bunch of other people. We're going to have people who just did their first deal. We're going to have people talking who just quit their jobs. I love this kind of stuff, the most popular podcast we ever have. And we're going to meet these people in person at Dealmaker Live in July. So make sure you head over to dealmakerliveevent.com and grab your tickets. Uh, they're going to sell out for sure. And dealmakerliveevent.com is a place to do it. So that being said, uh, really excited about the whole idea of building a platform to raise millions seemingly effortlessly in days. So to help us with that is our director of marketing, Kate Buck, who has an extensive marketing background and she manages all of her marketing right now. And uh, I'm really pleased to have her on board to kind of dissect the online platform. So let's get right into an interview with Kate Buck. Here we go. Kate, welcome to the show today. Hello. Glad to be here. Yeah. So you are the genius behind our marketing engine. And I wanted to have you on the show because we're going to talk about marketing and the importance of marketing. Before we get into it, tell the people a little bit about your, your background because it's fascinating. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, I've been working with some of the top names in internet marketing, kind of some pioneers in the space, some of the people who yeah, we're really laying the groundwork for kind of YouTube marketing and podcast marketing and email marketing and social media marketing. And so I've had a I've had a, the pleasure of working with a lot of those top names. I've worked uh, with companies like Agora Financial or some of the leaders in the direct response marketing space as a social media consultant, as a digital marketing manager, as a brand manager. And so um, this is a lovely opportunity that I've had for the last few months of getting to work with you in your online and digital marketing. And so now I'm excited to have my first little podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is great. You're being, you're being very modest, right? So you, you actually work with Ryan Dice, a digital marketer. Mm -hmm. And 
Most of you people uh, listening and watching this probably never heard of Ryan Dyson, digital marketer, but you will. He's uh, one of the biggest marketers out there, and and you worked with those with those guys, and that is that's awesome. And you're you know you worked in social media management uh, and yeah. and and content production and paid traffic and all that stuff. So it's it's awesome that you're on board here because you've really like elevated our standard to a whole new level, which is which is awesome. You know, you made me upgrade to this fancy camera I'm looking into right now, and I got to clip my nose hairs now just to to make sure it doesn't show up on the on the video <laughs> yeah it looks so, fabulous the nose hair or the camera uh both really i mean <laughs> it's great yeah you know it's like um there's so many good things that we can do and it's it's been really fun to come on and be able to bring what i know from all of those years of even publishing my own information products and supporting clients with social media and you have such a great brand and you know such a good uh, such good information and positive impact on the world, impact driven. And so it makes a lot of sense. And yes, I have had a really great career. I've spoken on some of the biggest stages. And like I said, I have students that have gone on to be multimillionaires. I've learned my systems and the things that I know. So it's fun to be here and it's fun to work on this brand and on this project. So I'm really excited. And we're going to start talking about some marketing stuff and why, even though it seems like we might be taking a left-hand turn here, like why knowing digital marketing is important for being a syndicator, right? Well, that's right. And, and you know, you might be listening to this going, what in the world is a marketing person doing on a syndication show? But here's the truth of it. Uh, if you really want to scale the syndication business, you have to start thinking about marketing. So you might think you're in the real estate investing business, and you are, but you're also in the online marketing business. And if you study the the big names who are raising millions of dollars in days, you know, Joe Fairless, Dan Hanford, Neil Bawa, Nighthawk with us and our brand. If you study those people, what are they all doing? What do they have in common? They're always producing content. They're on social media. They're in LinkedIn, right? They're marketing and essentially they're online marketing. And this is why I want to shine a light on this because one of the biggest problems, of course, is syndicators is after they've raised a little bit of money, they're like, this is great, but I can't meet enough people. I can't, I, I've exhausted my own personal network and they kind of feel stuck. And the answer to that is, yes, that's why you need to start online marketing because it, it, you have the ability to attract people you've never met before, build a relationship with them so that they invest with you. So today we're going to talk all about online marketing, platform building to raise millions in days. And of course, to help us with this topic is the lovely Kate. So Kate, let's talk about marketing. Let's do it. Before we jump in really quick, I'd love it if you would tell your story about how you just said, you know, syndicators, they get to this place where they feel like they've tapped out like their personal networks and their networking abilities, and they need to move online. I'd love to hear about how that occurred for you when like you knew that what you were doing at that point wasn't enough and that you needed to expand your reach or your the awareness of your brand in another way in order to raise more capital. Well, it's odd that you actually, I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of a slow learner. I didn't, I didn't connect the dots, honestly. So when I started blogging about this, it was really about helping other people become financially free, which is typically an active activity, active syndication. And so that's just, it was a no brainer for me. That's the way to get the word out. And oddly enough, I didn't connect the dots on the, on the capital raising. So I, gosh, not that long ago, I would say a little bit over 18, maybe 24 months ago, we had a relatively small deal at the time and we put it out there and I had a pretty good list and I put it out there and, we struggled to raise capital for that deal. And it was embarrassing, right, before we had come. And I was shocked. I was like, how can this be? And I was looking at my list. And yes, there were several hundred people on this list. But I hadn't, after they downloaded my free download, my free down report, that was the last they heard of me. So when I finally came out a deal, three, six, whatever, nine months, however long you know it's been, 
they're like, what is this email? Delete. Or worse, it probably ended up in a spam folder. And that's when the light bulb went off. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am not engaging my list. I haven't done anything in the last six to nine months to engage my list. And that is a major mistake that I made. And now we've since fixed that. And so now I'm producing essentially two pieces of content every every week. One is for the active investor. One is more for the passive investor. Yes, more work for me, but really I get to speak to those two separate audiences. So I don't know, like I said, I'm, I'm a slow learner. I didn't connect the dots uh, very, very, but it's very similar. My thinking was, oh my gosh, there's the real estate business and there's maybe the educational business. And I didn't connect the two until, you know, somewhat, you know, about a year ago. And then we, at that point now we're producing content. We're doing the things that we're going to talk about on, on the show. And would you say there's a difference in that when you put an email out for the list now that you're producing and giving content versus before, like there, you've seen a difference? Yeah, night and day, because now when we put out a deal, we can raise $8 million in three, you know, in three days. And it's partly a function of our commitment to consistent content production and engagement uh, that we now have with our passive investors. And uh, that's the secret. That's the key. So, all right, lovely. Thank you for telling me that story. So I want to know more from you. So really, so the syndicators that are listening to this podcast, like why do they, I mean, we've kind of touched on some of it already, but really what are the bullet points of why they need to create a platform or have a platform in order to raise money? Like what are some of the typical things? Yeah, I mean, as a syndicator, uh, the number one problem it solves is it allows you to raise millions in days. It allows you to scale your capital raising business. And, and I'm pretty convinced that with a platform or proper rebuilt platform, you can easily 10x your capital raise capacity within 12 to 18 months. So if you've raised $500,000 to date, you should be able to raise $5 million in 12 to 18 months. So the number one reason really is, is to raise more capital. Then it's got a bunch of secondary benefits, in my opinion. I think it allows you, a platform allows you, it gives you a platform. Look, imagine a stage, right? If you're down in the, in the bottom and you're, try, and you're talking to people, they can't really hear see you, but on a platform, people can hear and see you. So it gives you some something where you can get a message out. What is your message, right? Your message, in some sense, is to help serve your audience, which is typically investors who have invested in the stock market, right? So there's a problem out there, and that is investing in the stock market. As is evidenced, you know, right now with the stock market going all over the place, we have a problem right now, and that problem is the stock market. And you as syndicators have a solution to this problem, that is multifamily syndications. So you are are serving an audience of traditionally stock market investors, and you're serving them by educating them about an alternative investment, which is multifamily syndications. So a platform allows you to impact and serve more people. Yeah, that's that's the bottom line. It's, it's influence. I just want to ask for a second. We keep using this word platform, and there may be people listening that don't exactly understand. We may go into a little bit more detail later, but can you tell me now, just very basic, what do we mean when we say platform, just so people following along can keep up? Yeah, it's a good, great question. A lot of people, times people think that a, a platform is, for example, a podcast, and a podcast is part of a platform, but it's not the core of the platform. The core of the platform really does several things. Number one is it attracts a certain kind of person, in this case, a certain kind of investor. Number two, it captures their information in some way. You know who they are. You have at least an email address, so it captures number two. Number three, the platform serves that audience, typically with content and educational material. And then number four, it leads them to some kind of transformation in the world of syndication, it leads them down exploring alternative investments and syndications. So, and then there's a fifth part of the platform, which is the promotion part of it. And a lot of people put the cart before the horse and they start promoting themselves without actually that core platform in place. So that's what I mean by platform. It does those four things. 
So yeah, Michael, what are the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to set this up? You mentioned one right just then about putting the cart before the horse. What are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when they're trying to build this platform or raise money online? Yeah, let me give you the the visual of the cart before the horse. This is what I love. So some someone gets on a podcast, you know, maybe it's even mine or someone else's and they get on, there's a great podcast interview. And then the host asks the guest, how can people find out more? And they say, oh, go to my website, uh, xyz.com. And that's the end of it. Okay. And so number one is, well, why would I want to go to this person's website? There's really no compelling reason unless I want to read your bio more. So there's really no reason. And it, let's say I'm dumb enough to want to go over there and I go over there and I see a pretty web page and that's great. But there's no way for the guest now to capture that visitor. Like a visitor comes, looks at it, and goes away. There's no, there's no way to capture that person. And so in other words, they have wasted an opportunity getting on someone else's podcast because that host now is not going to have you on for at least 12 months, most likely two years. So you've kind of wasted an opportunity versus, hey, you're getting on a podcast. Hey, my website is XYZ and I have an, an unbelievable, fantastic report that shows you how you can re- retire early in the next five years with real estate. And, uh, and the audience listening to that going to go, well, I want to know how to retire early with the real estate. And they're going to go to your website to get this report. And then they're going to download this report. And now you have their email address. A second mistake that people make, and that is the number one, the biggest mistake is there's no lead capture. And, you know, either they have no lead capture at all or have a thing on there that says, join my newsletter. Like, who wants to join a newsletter? I don't want to join a newsletter. That's the dumbest thing ever. Give me something worthwhile. The second mistake is what I made. I did actually have a free download. But once they free download, they said, welcome, and here's your free download. Have a nice life. And that's the last you heard of me. And that is also not good. So you need to do a second thing. You need to have a series of automations that uh, welcomes them, indoctrinates them, educates them. But because we're also in the world of syndication, just because they're on their email list actually doesn't mean that you can give them a live deal because of the SEC laws. No, because you have to create a pre-existing substantive relationship. So how do you do that? Well, here's how you do it. One of the main things is, in addition to filling out a short questionnaire, is to have a phone call with them. So the way we do it is we have this idea of an, of, of an investment club. Join our investment club. Well, in order to join an investment club, you have to fill out a questionnaire, check, SEC reg check, and you have to uh, schedule a phone call, SEC reg check, right? Now, that process can be very tedious unless, of course, you automate it with technology, which is what we do and we advocate. So when you schedule, uh, you fill out the form, you're halfway in the club, but we still can't show you a deal because you haven't had a conversation. We don't know who you are really yet. We don't know if this is right for you, if this is your last two pennies you're going to invest, if you're accredited, non-accredited, whatever the case may be. So we have to have a phone call. So if you don't schedule a phone, call. We're going to chase you for a little while with automated emails. And if you still don't schedule a phone call, you're going to get our newsletters and, and in there it'll remind you to schedule a call because I can't show you a deal yet, right? And so, so you have to essentially uh, indoctrinate and make these leads what I call deal ready. And once a lead is deal ready, I can now present them with a live deal. And now we can do a live webinar and present the deal. And now we have another automation that allows them to express interest in a deal. It's called a soft commit. They fill out another form and there's another set of automations that then onboards that investor to DocuSign the documents and wire the funds. And when you have this thing in place, Kate, it is, I mean, you've seen it now a couple couple times from a distance, even though Nighthawk handles these things, but it's amazing how many people will invest in an opportunity because you have educated them, you've welcomed them, you had a conversation with them, and it really is is magical. So the second biggest mistake is there's no follow-up whatsoever. You know, uh, the other mistake I see people do is, is not doing anything because they feel so overwhelming and foreign to them that they try to do everything at once. And just going through the, the visual mindset of, of that, they're like, oh, that's so overwhelming. I'm not even going to try. 
Uh, and obviously there's a certain sequence that you can build that's actually not overwhelming. Uh, another mistake I see people making is striving for perfection. Uh, and that's, you know, oh, that's got to be a perfect email, a perfect, oh, I don't like the way I look on video. Oh my gosh. You know, I like the way I sound and I don't write well, you know, and so they make up all the excuses because they think they have to have perfect content and that holds a lot of people back. So those are some of the mistakes I see uh, people who are thinking about even trying to do a platform. I think that's really common in general, especially when people are putting themselves out online. It's something that I've seen a lot where I work mostly with personal brands, speakers, authors, coaches, right? That has led me to working with you is that it is very personal because it is your face or it is your voice or it is your writing or whatever. And people are a little apprehensive about that for whatever reason. So I guess my next question, I hear you talking both about that and also you mentioned the word automations and a little bit about technology. And so with both of those being said, do you feel like anyone can do this or is there a certain type of, you know, would be better for doing this? Or if, if somebody's not a writer or they don't have those technical skills, maybe that you mentioned, or maybe they are afraid to be on video or start their own podcast or whatever, is this still an option for them, an opportunity, or should they just figure out other alternative methods? Yeah. Okay. So you're asking is who's this for, right? And who is it not for? So that's a great question because one of the things I hear a lot is that, oh, I'm not a writer or I don't, me and technology don't really get along, right? And so there's a perception that you need to be a writer and you need to be a techie to pull this off. And the truth is you don't really need to be either. All right. Let me, so let me talk about that. For example, there are ways of creating original content that doesn't require writing or your, at least your own writing. What I mean by that is you create a video, and you just answer a question. Well, how do I invest with the IRA, right? The, the average syndicator is going to be able to answer questions like that. Well, how do you invest with the IRA? What's the process? Well, rather than me writing a blog post or an article around that, I can just answer the question looking into a camera. If someone is not comfortable with looking in a camera because they don't like the way they look, then you can speak into the phone and you can take that voice and upload it to a service called Temi, T-E-M-I.com. And you get a, an actual transcription of that, of that either video or that voice. And now you can edit that into a blog post or you can give it to someone else to edit in a blog post. So you don't actually have to be a writer at all. Number two, regarding the technology. So here's the thing about this. You know, it's never been easier to use technology. Technology is so sophisticated in the sense that it makes it so easy to use. And it used to be very difficult. Some people may be familiar with Infusionsoft, which some people lovingly call what, Kate? Confusion soft, right? It's like so it's so complicated that literally everyone who has used it has to hire a consultant to get everything done. Well, there are other technology and, and it's getting simpler now, and there's other technologies that we can do something very simpler with that that actually is it's it's drag and drop, it's very visual. The biggest thing with technology is a mindset thing. People feel they're afraid of technology, but when I show them how to do a simple task, such as scheduling an email or creating an, a very simple automation to show how easy that is, or even, even my gosh, get this, updating a web page, like showing them how to do that, that's super scary, and, and, I, and, it, and it turns out to be super simple. People have a closed mind of technology. And I think uh, the biggest lesson is people need to have an open open mind to technology, maybe have a curiosity to learn new things because they're actually super, super easy and much more easy than they were even five years ago. And number three, though, is that today now it's easier than, than ever before to outsource these things to other people. You can hire a virtual assistant in the Philippines or Latin America 
where you're paying them four times more than what they can make in their own country. Meanwhile, spending, giving, paying them 10 times less than someone equivalent in the U.S. who are highly competent, can write amazing, and are technology wizards that can literally do all these things for you. They can post a blog post. They can schedule the email. So all you got to do is create the raw content in a Google Doc or in a video, and you can literally hire almost you can hire someone to produce all this content out there. So it's never, never been easier to consistently produce content and to create a platform. So, yeah. So now we just talked about some of the people that maybe haven't built their platform yet, but what about for folks that have maybe built a very basic platform, have that in place? What are some of the advanced ways that you have found now that you've been doing this for that 18 to 20 months or whatever it is that you have found to bring in more investors using your online platform? Yeah, first of all, if someone has built a basic platform, my argument is that they probably haven't built a platform. And I hear this all the time. So basic platform right there is like, you know what, you shouldn't do anything else but finish building your platform. And it really has to do with your ability to capture leads as they come in, your ability to welcome and indoctrinate those leads and a way to onboard them into your quote investment club. And you need a infrastructure and commitment to produce regular content. Those are the four hearts of the platform right there. And if you don't have that in place right now, you shouldn't do anything else. And if you do have that in place, good for you. You're, you're a rare exception. And uh, we're trying to educate all of our students to kind of focus on that core platform so that they can do the things that you're talking about, which you, you know, are more advanced. But it's really, it's not so much advanced. It's more the fifth phase, which is about building your list generating leads and promoting yourself, right? So now you can get onto a podcast. Now you can get on someone's podcast and at the end of say, hey, I got this great special report about how to retire early and with real estate, go to my site and download this report. You can now do things such as speak at a meetup. So when you speak at a meetup, you can have the same call to action, right? A good number of people in the audience will then go to your website, download the report because they may be interested in investing with you. Now you can do other things like even potentially start your, your own podcast, right? Start your own podcast. And at, on your own podcast, you shout out your own special report that people can download. You can do all these things. You can you know, start a YouTube channel, which I highly encourage as you're putting out regular content because YouTube is the second largest search engine out there aside from Google as well. And people can find you on there and in your, in your videos at the end, you shout out your special report. You're always shouting out your free download. You're what we call a lead magnet. You're always doing that. That thing behind you, that yellow thing behind you. What's that? Oh, the book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, Kate's already, yeah, right. This yellow thing right here. See, it's, it's, it's my book. Yeah. Thank you so much. Financial freedom, real estate investing. Put that on Amazon. Yeah, that's right. You can write a book. And, and what's important with the book is see, you have to produce content intentionally. Meaning that I used to, I used to think that if I put out great high quality content, I can transform people. And that may be the case, but really you don't transform people unless you tell them what to do next. That's the thing. Well, okay, you enjoy this blog post, then go watch this video. You enjoy this video, go download this. You, you download this, go go to this event, right? You have to suggest to them the next best action. Same thing with a book. It doesn't, it doesn't help you to put out a book without a platform because in your book, Amazon doesn't share with you who bought this book. So how are you going to capture lead? You need to reference a lead magnet in this book. And, and for example, if you were to buy this book, I actually have a free companion course that goes with this. And it's a substantial course that normally I should probably charge several hundred dollars for, and it's free. Why do I do that, right? So you know, I, almost 50% of people who buy this book also register for the uh, uh, companion course. So now I have their email address. I can have a conversation with them, right? Same thing for starting a podcast. I see people start a podcast. They do not have a lead magnet on their website. It's insane to me, okay? 
Okay. Another advanced strategy is paid traffic, right? Facebook is a great way to generate paid traffic. And the way it works is that you have an, an ad and you pay Facebook to show this ad. And Facebook's algorithms are so sophisticated that they identify the potential passive investor. They see what people are clicking on that. They go to your lead magnet, they download it, and Facebook knows that they went to your page and downloaded it through this magical thing called pixels, right, Kate? These pixels. Yeah. And so Facebook tracks you all over the place. And all you get to do is throw money at it. Meaning that if you want more leads and more downloads, you actually spend more money and all of a sudden you get more leads. It's magical. It really is but magical. But that is definitely one of those advanced strategies that we're talking about because it's like you said earlier, just because you may have a basic platform in place, we are always tweaking and testing things and going back and reviewing what we did and updating it because little hinges swing big doors, right? So a small tweak to your lead capture system or a small tweak to the way you're doing the indoctrination sequence or whatever can make a big difference. And when you're starting, if you're just using social media and you're using organic methods, let's say, so basically what people think of as free, which is still not free if you're creating the content and paying someone to put it out there. But nonetheless, let's just say that you're not using paid traffic. Feel like the effectiveness is good with that. Well, when you start paying to drive that same traffic, you'll get a real sense of how effective your platform is because it just changes the dynamics of when you're actually spending money to get a lead versus when you're using some alternative methods like just throwing up a YouTube video, people come and check you out. That's one thing. But now if you're doing YouTube advertising or something, it gives you a different perspective. So those are one of those things that you yeah. really want to dial in. Like you mentioned, even if you have it, you want to audit it, you want to be measuring it. Well, that's right. And, and the main downside of paid traffic is that it's paid, meaning that you actually have to spend money. And that's a major downside of, of that, which means you do have to have a system that you know makes you money. Now, how do you make money with raising uh, capital, right? So it's very important that we understand the business case behind that, because if you're selling tickets to an event or I'm selling a course, I know that I can spend X amount of dollars and I get Y amount of dollars out. And so I have a business case. But with capital raising, how do you know if there's a business case? In other words, how much money can I spend to actually put in marketing? And the, really the way it works and kind of the way we teach it is that, first of all, it requires an ongoing commitment both in time and money, meaning that an ongoing commitment to producing uh, regular content, but also a commitment to spend money on your marketing, typically around outsourcing parts of your content production and paid traffic. So I want to kind of talk about the business case for that, really. But really, the idea is that you are producing the raw content that could be writing the blog post in a Google Doc or creating a video and then having someone produce it, either making it look pretty, editing it, and putting it out to the blog, to the email system. And that costs money to do that. And it's not really your best time and use of your time to kind of do that. And it's also very affordable to outsource that, but it still requires money. Where's that money coming from? Now, we can't do it on this show here. We have a uh, maybe another another for another show here uh, because it requires a little bit of some numbers and spreadsheets. But really, the idea is that let's say you're raising some capital, $250,000, $500,000, whatever the case may be. You get an acquisition fee from that. The idea is that you continue investing a certain percentage of any kind of acquisition fees that you make into your marketing. Uh, so the average, let's say, capital raiser, whether you're a capital raiser or you're actually an operator, let's say you're a capital raiser because that's that's very common right now. You're a capital raiser and you're raising capital for one or two really experienced operators. 
And so obviously you raise a certain amount of money, you get a certain amount of acquisition fees. Rather than going out and buying a bunch of beer without money and spending it, you actually invested in marketing in the way I just described here. You invested in a digital marketing company who helps you produce this content on a weekly basis. And number two, you spend it on paid Facebook traffic to generate more leads. And if you look at people who raise millions in days, big platforms, such as ourselves, but there's others like us, that's exactly what we're doing. We're producing content on a regular basis, having a team put the content out. That's Kate. And then number two, we also pay money on paid Facebook traffic is a so efficient way to do that. And that requires money. So the idea is that you keep feeding the marketing machine by reinvesting between 20 and 30% of any kind of acquisition fees that you get into the marketing machine. Okay. So the industry standard for conversion, and we've studied our own numbers and I compared to some of our peers is for every 32 people who download your lead magnet, one of them will become an investor. Okay. And this, the average investment typically is $70,000. If your investment minimum is $50,000, the average investor across all investors will be around $70,000. Okay. So you know that for every 32 to download your lead magnet through the automations in your online content, one of those will invest with you. Now you can do some sophisticated uh, spreadsheet stuff, which I love to do, of course, but let me net it out to you. Based on certain assumptions, $70,000 average investment, and let's say you're raising capital for a, uh, an operator and it, you end up with 25% of the GP for raising, you know, let's say the money for this deal and you end up with 25%. The value of that $70,000 raise is about $2,100, okay? So you can do some math. If you raise seven, 10 times that, you add a zero at the end of it, so you're raising not 70, but 700,000, your share of the acquisition fees is 21,000, okay? And some of you guys listening who have done this go, that's about, that seems about right, maybe it's lower, a little higher, but it's 21,000. So you take that half of that, let's say in the early days, and you reinvest that in marketing. And then as your marketing machine starts to uh, get speed and starts spinning around, you decrease your ongoing commitment. You go from 50 to 40, from 40 to 30, and you end up around 20%, okay? 20% of your income is used for marketing. What happens is because of the magic of, of the automations and the paid Facebook traffic, it generates more and more investors. So that conservatively, okay, get this, conservatively, I think you can 10x your capital raise in 12 to 18 months, uh, conservatively. So if you're raising $500,000 today, within 12 to 18 months, you're raising 5 million. And we, we've seen that. We've seen our peers do the same thing. And this is why I believe that investing in a platform now and, and reinvesting the proceeds or even being proactive and, and investing before you actually have money coming in in that way is an incredible marketing engine. There's really, there's really no more profitable application, Kate, of, of an online platform than raising capital because the ROI is so, so gigantic. Well, it's really true. And I love what you're just sharing. If you don't mind, I want to take a moment and shout out. You'll see in the show notes that we actually do have this spreadsheet that you're talking about. We have a great blog post. Of course we do. And you can both read the blog post and download the company spreadsheet with it. The link will be in the show notes on the blog post. And in addition, Michael, I think we have something cool coming up in that you are going to be teaching some more about this live in the next couple of days. Yeah, a couple yeah. days, a couple of whatever. That's, that's exactly right. We're going to go deeper. I'm actually going to show you the elements of the platform. I'm going to show you some scary screenshots. I'm going to show you the platform in action. And we're going to go into the business plan in more, in more detail just so you understand it. It is, it is truly magical. There's no, there's no investment that is better spent than on your online platform to raise capital. So yeah, that, so the URL I think we have is the, themichaelblank.com forward slash platform. It'll be in a few days. It'll be a live webinar. And uh, yeah, hop on that. If you 
you're if you're interested in scaling your capital raise business right now, if that's you and maybe you raised some money and you want to 10x it or maybe you haven't raised any money yet but you really want to go big quickly and you want to you know skip the painful raising money one-on-one kind of thing, this might be a great training for you. So check it out. It's uh, going to be at the michaelblank.com forward slash platform. Well, this has been fun. It's a little bit like a reverse podcast where you're the one who got interviewed today, but I appreciate the opportunity for being here and thanks for all of your great info. Yeah, it's been great. I, like I said, I'm, I'm really excited about this idea of combining online marketing with capital raising. Again, it's, I, I didn't connect the dots. And as I speak more and more to syndicators, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly my problem. I can't, I don't know how to scale the business. And to me, we've been doing it so long, Kate, that's like, it's like, well, yeah, you got to go online. And you're like, well, how do I do that? And so I just, uh, we've got a lot of really positive responses that we've had this training uh, before. And, we, you know, it was just kind of like an insider thing, just a few of my my friends and they say, hey, let's, let's talk about the online platform building business. So now we're going to make it a little broader. So if you want to learn to scale that, we're going to go a little deeper. We're going to do some screen sharing as well. So that's going to be themichaelblock.com forward slash platform. So hopefully you guys can show me there in a few days. And uh, if you're watching this podcast later on and you can't catch the live version, we'll record it for you and you catch it later on. Okay. Sounds good. Kate, thanks very much for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. All right. I hope you found that inspiring and useful for anyone who wants to scale their capital raising business. Again, the uh, spreadsheet that we talked about is going to be in the show notes. There's a blog post we're putting out with a video and a screen share of that spreadsheet, and you can download a spreadsheet as well. So look in the show notes for that spreadsheet. And then hopefully you can join me for the live webinar training here in a few days at themichaelblank.com forward slash platform. And we're going to go deep on the platform building and uh, show you exactly how to do that and what sequence to do it. If you're watching this after we have the live webinar, we will record it, of course, and then you can watch that later as well. So anyway, thanks so much for spending your time here today. Make sure you grab a ticket at dealmakerliveevent.com and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to the Michael Block. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.